Hi, and thanks for tuning in. You are listening to an inclusive features audio report. Brought to you by our global reporting team. Hi, I'm Sarah. In this report, I catch up with Alan Herbert, our soon-to-be citizen reporter in Nairobi, Kenya. Alan tells me how life has been during lockdown, still ongoing in Nairobi due to COVID-19, and of his experience as someone living alone and with albinism. We discuss accessing information, medical support, and coping while regular means of income are disrupted. How would you say your life has changed since COVID-19 came along? Uh, In a general sense, I wouldn't say that it has changed a lot, but looking at it in in the restrictions of uh, uh, social gatherings, uh, for instance, I administer a football team. We haven't been in training for the past, I think, three months or so. My day-to-day job uh, was it was directly affected by COVID-19 because uh, I have been working uh, in this job where I work with uh, a school transportation company. It's part-time. It's only on when schools are going on. So when schools go off, I am out of uh, employment. So it's a transportation company per se. So they hire out vehicles to school to transport children from school then uh, back to their estates. So you've been out of work. Does that mean your income has been affected or has there been some protection on your income? Income has totally been affected. And uh, being uh, that uh, it's an informal sector, so there is no clear protection to, to income. And how has that impacted you and your life? Yeah, definitely. It's very worrying because uh, for the past months, uh, I started uh, digging deep into my savings because uh, our landlords and uh, daily amenities do not understand uh, the current situation like that's going on. Only that to cope with everything, you just have to cut down on your expenditures. So in a financial sense, yes, I've been affected. I would say quite a lot. How have you felt during the last couple of months? I am a highly optimistic person, so I definitely try to look on the positive side of, of everything. I try to look out uh, for the opportunities that might arise even in these current situations. But I must not lie, sometimes you're very low, yeah. And given that I live alone, also uh, sharing that boredom with looking somebody to throw words to having that conversation. Oh, sometimes it's very hard. During COVID-19, do you feel you've been able to access information about what COVID-19 is, the virus, public restrictions and, and how to avoid getting the virus? Definitely, I have been able to do to get a lot of information both directly from uh, from the government agencies and all the different organizations, the disability representative organizations that I engage with. Some have been uh, prudent enough to, to send text messages to their respondents and to their participants on uh, how to not catch the virus or constantly reminding people to wash their hands and everything. But also for my own understanding of the whole situation, I decided when the first cases were being reported in China in December, that's when I started researching about the whole situation. And uh, that's why I got uh, very curious because I'm trained as a journalist. Where do you think has been the most important source of information? 
the most important source of information, as I've said, uh, the different uh, representative uh, bodies of persons with disabilities. For instance, uh, there is an organization called UDPK, United Disabled Persons of Kenya. They've been uh, sending text messages to different uh, participants in their forum. But the, now my question would be, what is the reach of uh, UDPK as an organization in Kenya? Does it reach out to all persons with disabilities? Uh, also, the national government has really done uh, a very a tremendous job, I think, in uh, communicating because uh, they have gone to an extent of uh, transferring all these communications into the various local languages in the country so that everybody uh, can get the communication. But where I have realized a, a hindrance or some sort of a barrier now to our fellow friends who are differently abled, for instance, the blind and the deaf. Now that's where the big question lies. How are they being communicated to that even to my extent, I cannot ascertain how these different disabilities are getting information about the whole pandemic situation. Personally, do you have any um, medication, um, healthcare and support that you need on an ongoing basis? I personally, I don't have uh, any needs for such. Okay, and do you, is there anyone in your immediate circle or sphere that, that does and that you know the, their experience? Yeah, definitely. Uh, persons with albinism uh, are frequent users of uh, sunscreen. So with all these travel restrictions and uh, social distancing mm. limitations in place, definitely accessing such services are a hindrance in the moment. But I know people who, when they don't use sunscreen, uh, their skins can be like totally burnt. Is there anything you yourself, you are concerned about on the back of this crisis? The general thing I am concerned about is how are people going to go back to, to their livelihoods? How are people who cannot speak for themselves, how are they going to go back to their normal livelihoods? Because definitely a lot of people have lost their jobs. Yeah? A lot of people, even though they were not employed in the formal sector, there were these informal jobs that they were doing, at least they could manage their daily livelihoods. How are people going to go back to that? And now what is going to sustain their normal living? For instance, guys in the football team would reach out and tell you, hey, Alan, uh, I am terribly off today. I, I don't have a meal. What can you do for me? Yeah. More so, we are in the same situation. But because they look at you as a leader, then you have to look for these other options because it will be very sad if somebody came to you expecting some a little bit of assistance from your end and you tell them, hey, man, you know what? I'm in the same situation as you are. So can you tell me a bit more about the members of your football crew? Can you tell me more about them? Are they in a particularly vulnerable situation? I wouldn't want to put it in a sense like they are very vulnerable. Of course, definitely there are those who are professionally employed. Uh, there are those who are doing well off, even more than I myself. But then there are, there are those who are like far worse off than I am or than the minimal threshold. So when they reach out, definitely you have to do something. Before the whole corona thing broke loose, we meet every weekend, that's on a Saturday, and uh, do our trainings and uh, catch up with everybody. Yeah, And also let loose. Everybody is being disturbed with different things throughout the week. So 
after the training, we sit together and uh, do some catching up. Also, these young men who are in the football team, they get to talk about their different issues because definitely, since it's not an open-end society out there where these guys come from, then we give the opportunity to them during training that somebody can open up about something that they cannot talk about to anybody else. So it's also not only about the football, playing or training, it's also bringing together these different males with urbanism and uh, discussing the different issues that they go through in society on a daily basis. Have you managed to stay in touch with your team members during the crisis and do you worry that they don't have that place and the outlet? Definitely. For them not to lose hope into what we're doing because of the pandemic, definitely I have to, to check up on uh, most of them. If I cannot call, I, I do a text message. Or when people are available, we do some interactive sessions in our WhatsApp group. So yeah, that's how we keep up. But also... I cannot say that we do that oftenly because right now it's very hard to get a hold of everybody. Perhaps somebody does not have access to internet because most of the guys moved to the villages. So getting a hold of them, uh, having access to the internet, so you will basically do them a call or a text message. That means extra money doing the call. So it's not on an often, but I try my level best to know of how everybody's doing. How have you thought about media coverage of the pandemic? Most of uh, the messaging, I would say it was alarming and uh, it, it made people panic in different situations, which wasn't necessary. Yes, there is nothing good about COVID-19, but there is a sense of reporters that you give to people to give them a sense of hope. At least right now, people would still have that feeling that it is really serious to keep social distancing. Right now, not everybody is keeping social distancing and the numbers are high. So definitely how the media chose to communicate about this whole pandemic, definitely it has an effect. If the media focused more on solution-based journalism than just reportage, then I think the situation would be totally different right now. If you'd like to hear more from our citizen reporters, why not visit www.inclusivefeatures.org.